0: And uh, while that uh, very long song was playing, I have managed to make contact with Vicky Howells, who's the uh, member of the Senith for the Cunnan Valley. So very good morning to you, Vicky.
1: Good morning, Terry.
0: You're busy uh, at the Senate, are you today?
1: Yes, that's right. I've uh, just been in a virtual meeting with the Economy Committee, so uh, managed to, uh, to to virtually run from there uh, onto the radio <laughs> for you.
0: <laughs> I know it's it's put our world upside down, all this, hasn't it, really? Because yeah. we're virtually appearing from all over the place, really.
1: Yes, that's right. And sometimes you can uh, virtually book yourself in for more than one thing at once. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: and then, then on the screen, it starts flashing while you're talking to somebody else. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, that's all true.
0: Oh, dear. Now, Vicky, tell me about the pay rise you don't want.
1: Yeah, that's right. So um, it's, it's uh, a tricky thing sometimes being a politician because there's always an, in, um, an independent body who recommends whether you should have a pay rise or not. Um, and the Independent Remuneration Board uh, at the Senate uh, recommended that after the next Senate elections, um, that members of the Senate should have a 2.4% pay increase. Now, as a Labour group, and I'm the chair of the Labour group at the Senate, um, we were not happy with this suggestion at all. We thought it was completely out of touch with what's going on in the country. You know, so many people um, have suffered uh, economically as a result of the pandemic. Uh, we we just didn't think it was appropriate for politicians to be taking a pay rise um, at this time or at any time uh, in in the near future. So. We wrote to the Remuneration Board, where well, I wrote myself as chair on behalf of the group, um, to say that we did not want this pay rise, that we would be voting against it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really pleased that we were able to take that kind of stand uh, and to quash any rumours that are um, maybe going around where people think that this is a pay rise that politicians have asked for, uh, because it's certainly not and looking at BBC News today, I'm really, really pleased to see that every other political party in the Senate has said exactly the same thing. So we're all united on this. We do not want a pay increase.
0: Well, yes, I, th- I think you all have, actually. I think uh, pretty much t- down to the last one, uh, everyone has uh, rejected it, which is, I-, I think unity is a good thing for the public to see, isn't it? Because especially as now, obviously, we're heading up to an election, everyone's sort of scratching each other's eyes out. Mm-hmm. It- it's always very reassuring to, to see everyone agreeing. And I don't think the public are, gonna, are going to uh, object at all to the fact that you're agreeing to not have a pay rise when so many of your constituents you know, have lost jobs and whatever. Absolutely. Mm. Now, here we are with with COVID. Now, it's something I've, I've sort of noticed in the last few weeks. Obviously, the figures, the infection figures, are going down or have been going down, but they yes. seem to have stopped going down now. In RCT for the last week or more, we've had a figure of just over a hundred cases per 100,000 people, you know, and it's, it's dropped from ridiculous numbers before Christmas of mm. 800 or something. So it's progress, but it's stopped going down. I, 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 are we starting to get concerned now that people are thinking, oh, well, the vaccine is, is out and, you know, uh, let's uh, take our foot off the gas a bit?
1: But well, you're quite right, Terry, in your analysis of the, the figures. And it's something that we were talking about at our weekly meeting with the health board um, on Thursday um, of last week. Uh, so it's always difficult to try and pick, you know, why figures may be plateauing like that. But the best guess that the, uh, the medical and scientific experts are giving us at the moment is there is a lot to do with that Kent strain mm. of COVID, which is a lot Um, a lot easier to spread. Um, There is uh, evidence that that is now the dominant strain within RCT, so everybody just needs to redouble their efforts uh, to make sure that we stick to social distancing. And I would say in a special plea for all those who've had their first dose of the vaccine as well to make sure that they recognize that it doesn't mean that they can, you know, free themselves and go back to normal life straight away. We all wish that that could happen, but you've really got to wait until you've had the second dose um, and you've had the the time period that's elapsed since that to be given the all-clear. So we are, you know, we're on the home straight here, but there's still a long way to go, and people need to, to just take that extra bit of caution now, I think
0: particularly important at the moment isn't it because it's a plateau where you could go either way actually if people relax you know think it's all okay to come out in a nice sunny day let's go out you know mix around a bit it's just not a good thing to do and it's so crucial that we just hang on the extra mile now
1: yeah that's right you know all these these rules are there to keep us safe and we've just got to stick with them now uh, for the foreseeable future
0: now, in your briefings with the health board, you'll you'll have discovered, I, I expect, the hospitals are still pretty full, aren't they?
1: Yes, they are. Um, they, they are um, coping a bit better than they were a few weeks ago, but they are indeed uh, still pretty full. And, of course, that puts a strain on um, elective surgery as well that's needing to be done
0: yes i I know they're trying to keep up sort of things like cancer treatment as much as they possibly can but during the worst of this they've just had to suspend some things i know they suspended actually some cancer operations i think in kumta for a short time uh, just because you know of the strain of it all but we're not out of the woods yet are we because it lags behind the infection rate yeah that's right
1: it does lag behind the infection rate i mean the A lot of the the hospital stats are um, people who are over 75 um, who, when they catch COVID, uh, do generally find it more difficult to cope with and need that uh, hospital treatment. So the good thing is now, as we've seen our more elderly residents being vaccinated, we can hope and we can keep our fingers crossed that that will be feeding through and hospital admissions will decrease. But it is just a waiting game at the moment.
0: Yes, well, it is, it is amazing, the vaccination programme, isn't it? I mean, it's totally unprecedented in, in UK history to do this. And, and Wales has caught up, in fact, on the graph that the, uh, the health minister was proudly showing on his TV broadcast on Monday. The line had gone slightly above England. So, so Wales had gone from sort of last to first, which was always good. I mean, I think more the journalists are more concerned about all that, actually, than anybody else, because we've been jabbing thousands and thousands of people a day. But uh, Wales really pulling its weight now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's great to see. Um, I think most people, what they're interested in is whether they and their families and their loved ones going to get the vaccine and increasingly more and more. I'm seeing people who are relieved because they're starting to see that uh, roll through into their families but yet yeah, it's absolutely great that wales is is leading the way now uh, with the rest of the uk and personally i think it's got a lot to do with the rollout being delivered through gp surgeries you know gps know their patients they're used to getting patients in on quite a large scale actually to deliver the flu vaccine mm. so they know how to do this stuff
0: yes 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 indeed and, well, it's, it's, it's great all round, but yes, you're right. The GP's being involved, I'm sure, is pivotal, really, to it all. And, and notice the health board today, I'm, I'm reporting it on our news this morning, the health board has, has issued a statement now saying that what we, really they're mopping up, you know, the, the top four priority grades now. They hope to have finished them by the end of this week. And they say if you haven't had a jab already, your first jab, or had an appointment, then you need to contact them, um, perhaps not, terribly helpfully they're only quoting their website as a reference point rather than the phone number or something but they are saying go to their website look at the list of you know the four priority lists check to see if you're on it and if you haven't heard from them there's a link you can press to, to yes. register your details and that's literally come out i think this morning or certainly last night maybe.
1: yeah that's right i i first saw that this morning and um you know i certainly welcome that but absolutely there has to be a telephone number as well so i'll be checking that with um in my meeting with the health board on thursday um and trying to make sure that there is a phone number that can be advertised alongside that which i will push out there through my own social media channels.
0: yeah well that'd be helpful because i mean not everyone has got the internet have they you know.
1: exactly. But
0: uh, they've done a fantastic job, it has to be said, so uh, well done to them. Now, turning to your constituency, the Cunnan Valley, there's quite a lot going on, isn't there? And I I know you're particularly interested in the bypass that's been given the go-ahead.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's still uh, in planning at the moment, actually, but um, if it gets the the go-ahead, then it will be absolutely crucial, because, as you know, Terry, the dueling of the heads, the valleys road between uh, Hirwine and Top is pressing ahead. Um, which is fantastic but there are some concerns that it could lead to traffic congestion in South in particular and in Penwine uh, so the council have a plan for a Kynan, uh gateway bypass which will um, come straight down from Crossbachan off the new heads the valley road and take traffic uh, through almost to the Cunnan tr- tr- roundabout roundabout there so that's something that I definitely support you know it would be, in my opinion, um, a travesty if we built this uh, this dual carriageway um, and we didn't have um, a strong link then down into the valley to make sure that homes particularly in Coyd that have really suffered from heavy traffic for very many years and the pollution that goes alongside that. We need to get those vehicles further away from uh, the houses there. So that's absolutely a plan uh, that I'm supporting. There should be Welsh Government funding uh, coming for that as well.
0: Excellent. When will we actually hear if that gets the go-ahead?
1: I think it's due to go to planning within the next few weeks in RCT.
0: Okay, and it'll come as a surprise, I expect, to some people to know that the uh, the section of A four six five from Dowlice up to Hirwine is, is the work has started on dual carriageway uh, of that section because I, I suppose people assume that the whole project has been bogged down because the mountains are made of the wrong kind of rock uh, down near Bryn Mawr which has you know extended that uh, piece of dual carriageway work by a, co- a couple of years, I think. Yeah, That's right. I
1: mean, luckily they're two separate but I I do get so many residents who uh, believe that we've got to wait for the Bryn Mawr section to be finished before the hereby section goes ahead and that's not the case. The contract has been awarded to a predominantly locally based consortium which is fantastic for jobs uh, and economic investment uh, within the region Um, and preparatory work has already started Uh, There are people who have uh, moved out because their homes have been compulsory purchased. Uh, There's been a lot of tree felling going on. um, And within the next couple of months now, we should start to see, you know, the the, the really visible signs, uh, which would probably involve some traffic disruption, let's be honest about it. But, you know, we've uh, we've got to crack some eggs in order to make that omelette.
0: Well, absolutely. <laughs> a road recipe is an unusual thing to have, but uh, that would be good. Yeah, recipe for better traffic flow. Absolutely. Mm. And before you go, because I'll be just heading up to the news at, ni- at eleven o'clock. I notice here now. Um, uh, you know, time is flying. But uh, what's your thought about extending the railway up from? Uh, Abadare, There's a line already going to Herewine, uh, isn't there? Yes, and, but no yes, passenger yes. trains on it.
1: No, that's right. And it's, it's another one of those those uh, scenarios that I've been I've inherited since I was elected. That a long-held dream that so many people think will never come to fruition. But to me, it's a no-brainer to have uh, extended up to Herewine for the benefits of residents there. Um, and I'm working hard behind the scenes together with Andrew Morgan, um, the leader of all the Kennington of, task Council. To see, you know, how it could be made feasible. Are there any more cost-effective ways of doing it? For example, using the kind of shuttle train that we see at the moment between um, Cardiff Queen Street and Cardiff Bay, so that we don't need to, um, you know, make a pitch for electrifying the, the, the rail the whole way up, but we can have shuttle going up um, Aberdeen, and Hairwine. So all of that is in the mix and there's a feasibility study currently conducted. These things always move slower than uh, people would like to see them, and I include myself within that. But, you know, the work is ongoing, and we are all um, putting pressure where pressure needs to be placed.
0: Excellent. Vicky, it's been lovely talking to you. I have to call her today now because of the news, but thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Terry.